Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. We love having you on board. If you like what you're listening to when we give you all this content about the Browns, especially the behind-the-scenes stuff, all you need to do is subscribe to the podcast, give us some stars, and tell us you love us. That's all we care about because we're just simple guys. He's Daryl. I'm Andy. All right, it is a very special edition. I guess is this an emergency edition? I'm not quite sure. It feels like one. The Deshaun Watson decision uh, has been made. We know what the deal is. It's 11 games. It's a $5 million fine and that he has got to pass a clearance house of therapy things that he's got to execute before he'll be allowed back out on the field. Daryl, I want your initial thoughts on what is a settlement and not a verdict. Right, and uh, I think that this was the best path forward for Deshaun to get on the field this year. We've talked about that quite a bit, Andy. Um, The NFL gets what they want, and that is an increase of the punishment. Deshaun Watson and his camp gets what they want, and that means he gets to get on the field. Uh, Ironically, his first game will be uh, the first weekend of December in Houston uh, against the the Texans. So um, now it's, uh, you know, looking forward. They're trying to get this all behind them. That's one of the big takeaways from uh, being out in Berea. They are just anxious to get this story to the back burner and get it behind them. And if I took anything away from Deshaun's comments, the settlements, the apologies was 100% about that and not so much him being really, truly sorry for anything that may or may not have happened. Yeah. I don't know that I'm, I'm close to making that judgment yet also because I, I don't know if anyone has said this, but he still has one civil case pending. Right. So if he changes his tune, it could cost him a ton of cash. Right. But again, again, it's obvious what has transpired, at least that we think. And he still wants to defend himself. And I can't stop a guy for wanting to uh, defend himself. As for the NFL, I, Daryl, I liken Commissioner Roger Goodell because I don't think he got what he wanted. I think the NFL got what they wanted, but I don't think the commissioner did. I, I would liken the commissioner in this story like a baseball fight. And he is a bullpen pitcher. And there's a fight at home plate. And you always see these bullpen pitchers run in. And I always say to myself, if these guys really want to fight, why are they not fighting the other bullpen guys in the outfield? And they run in as fast as they can. And then they stop and don't do anything. Roger Goodell, to me, the commissioner of the NFL, is a bullpen pitcher in a brawl. And they don't really do a whole lot. Because I think he had the opportunity to do a whole lot more. He handed it off. And I also think in some ways he may not have heard the answers that he wanted to hear coming back on a full game suspension. Your thoughts? Well, I, I'm. It, it's clear that Goodell did not want to uh, be the bad guy here, uh, to be the, the judge, jury, and executioner. He wanted to pass that off to somebody else. And I th- 
even though he didn't get what he won out of it, Andy, I think that he comes away with this able to wash his hands clean because uh, this, as you said, is a settlement uh, between the NFLPA, Deshaun Watson's legal team, and uh, the NFL. So, um, you know, Goodell can kind of wash his hands clean, say, hey, we made it very clear our position as a, as a league, what we were looking for from a disciplinary standpoint. And look, they got some of that. I mean, he got fined $5 million, which is the basically the equivalent of us paying a, a speeding ticket. Which I, I believe is the largest individual player fine in the history of the league uh, under the personal conduct policy. Under the personal conduct policy, yeah. Um, he before he can be reinstated, he has to get a professional behavioral evaluation, uh, and any treatment plan or recommendations that are put before him, he is required to complete or participate in that to be eligible for reinstatement. Uh, so that's another part of this, which is again, another element that the NFL was looking for. So I don't, when I look at the final punishment, Andy, I don't walk away from it thinking like the NFL got nothing out of this. They got, uh, nearly a double in the discipline from six to 11 games. They got a $5 million fine out of him. They got. Uh, the treatment uh, that they wanted or wanted to require. And they got that as well. Um, And the team will be controlling his uh, massage therapy uh, related to him being the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns going forward. Um, The specifics don't know. The Browns certainly uh, don't want to know or don't want us to know, but I I do feel like the NFL uh, did win a little here in this settlement. I mean, both sides that, I mean, that's what settlements are about. Uh, and the right. compromise, I think both sides here are compromised. So uh, just a little more behind the scenes stuff. Like I, I had a source that was telling me some stuff that I wasn't sure if it was going to come true and all of it came true. Um, and uh, part of it is, I don't know unless it's what he wanted the commissioner had turned things over to Peter C. Harvey, and I don't think Peter C. Harvey thought there was enough to give him a full year. And I don't know if that's what the commissioner wanted to hear. Even though, because, you know, you heard this whole, yes, yeah, he's a yes man, he's a yes man. I, right. I, Jeff and I kept questioning that because of his, his history and his background, and even though right. he was part of the collective bargaining agreement, and I think that the league would have had issues in court about what their se- sexual misconduct policy is, it, it, and because it was in the initial ruling from Sue L. Robinson that right. while these things were illegal as far as the NFL was concerned, they were not considered illegal as far as the law was concerned. Then if you went back to court, there would have been issues with that. So this is the best case scenario, uh, a resolution um, of settlement rather than having to have the league hand down, you know, uh, uh, Peter C. Harvey's verdict, because who knows, the commissioner could have looked even worse than that because, you know, if he didn't say a full year for what the commissioner was asking for, the commissioner wasn't going to look good. I think the best part about this is there's resolution. And that is really what I think maybe the major focus should be on. Well, a couple of things here. One, the NFL only presented four of the cases in this hearing process to Sue L. Robinson. That's what she evaluated her 16 page findings, ruling, however you want to uh, term it, <clears throat> the, 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 the report that she submitted. So 25 lawsuits total, 
One was dropped because uh, a judge required that the plaintiffs use their actual names in the filings. Uh, the accuser did not want to do that, so that particular suit got dropped. The 24 remaining suits, he has settled 23. He originally settled 20. Then he settled three more uh, over the weekend before Suelle Robinson's findings came out. To your point earlier, Andy, there is one pending case. And yes, Deshaun Watson is limited in what he could say as far as any type of uh, admission of culpability or whatever. Um, the the One of the big problems that I think had arose with Sue L. Robinson's report is the sexual assault portion of the report because he now is labeled as somebody who committed sexual assault under the terms or guidelines that the NFL uses, according to what she wrote. That's not me saying it. That's not you saying it. it that's not, that is what she put in her report. And I think that that's dangerous, um, especially considering the type of evidence that might have been used here. And I had been talking to some people, to your point about not Peter Harvey, not coming to the conclusion potentially that this was, this warranted a full year suspension, because I do think that there's some questions, you know, in her own report, she wrote multiple times in each of the findings, circumstantial evidence, enough of, you know, preponderance of the evidence to carry the burden that I believe that this, uh, you know, happened the way the league says it did. And therefore it is a violation and, uh, civil cases require a much different burden of proof than criminal cases require. Um, and I think that that's important that he was not criminally charged. Two grand juries said no bill filed, no bills, not enough evidence to prosecute him. So there's a lot in here that in, in this situation that we don't know, um, you know, the, the, the 400 plus pages of evidence that the league submitted and stuff like that. Well, what was that? Was it just text messages? And this, there's, you know, co conflict in some of the stories of the accusers, them coming back to him, want, willing to do business with him again after stuff allegedly <laughs> happened and whatnot. So when you have those inconsistencies, like I, there's a reason the NFL of the 25 lawsuits originally filed, there's a reason the NFL only pursued four of them to present to Sewell Robinson. And I think that's a big piece of this puzzle. It's going to be interesting when the movie comes out, right? We're going to find out why they only had four. Well, and Desha Deshaun Watson did say at the end of his press conference, he was asked. Not that there's a movie pending, but you guys should be sure someone from Hollywood's like, oh, this is a great movie. Yeah. Um, but he did say at the end of his press conference when he was asked that uh, once – I think things settle down or whatever. At some point, I think you are going to see him do a sit down interview with somebody. I don't know who that's going to be, but I, I could see him doing a 60 minute style sit down interview with somebody to tell his <laughs> side of the story and his view of the accounts and maybe how they contrast with uh, what was alleged. He would, though, however, be a fool to do that before settling the last case. 100%. Yeah, so I wouldn't expect that sit-down interview till. No, I no, and I did not come away from that press yeah. conference thinking that this was coming anytime soon. Gotcha. We're, we're, talking, we're, we're talking down the road, a couple of years down the road, because 
I mean, there is there is the rehabilitation aspect of his image now because uh, you know this is something that's going to stick with him for the rest of his career. Um, and uh, Jimmy Haslam admitted today that that's the Browns are in the business now of Deshaun Watson and rehabilitating not just him as a person. Uh, and, and that's not to say that he needs rehabilitation. I want to be clear. I'm not accusing him or saying he did anything, but um, you know, Jimmy Haslam used the term rehabilitation. So I'm, uh, that's why I use it, but they, they also got, they got, you know, they're going to be in the business of uh, trying to put Deshaun in situations. And we saw that during training camp with him after every practice, signing autographs, taking selfies and pictures and, you know, uh, shaking hands and, you know, dapping up fans and things like that. Um, that is, uh, you know, part of that process to, for the, from the Browns perspective to say, Hey, this guy's not the, uh, the terrible human being that he's been painted out to be as a result of these uh, accusations. All right. So there's a, a number of different ways we're going to go. I, I do want to, and please stick with us. Cause Daryl, I want to talk about the press conference from, from the media point of view and why some questions were asked, why some questions weren't asked, um, who gave information, what was the response? So we're going to get to that in just a second. But again, it was hard for me not to watch Deshaun today and think, all right, how was he going to answer some of these questions? I mean, he was pressed. He was pressed hard on some of those questions. He was, yeah. And, you know, again, there were times when I wish that his advice would have been, Hey, I'd love to talk about that. We're going to talk about that down the road. My legal team is saying, I cannot say a word, but I'm looking forward to talking to that at some point. Like that would have been a real solid answer for him on a lot of questions. And he would have answered a lot of them like that too. It might be frustrating from a media standpoint or from a fan standpoint, but knowing that there's still a case pending, I think that that's, that's fair game. And, you know, obviously he's not going to get out there and say anything that wouldn't, he, 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 he doesn't want to walk down a road that's going to get him into even more trouble, cause more right. drama and have more issues. So I think there's a, there's a rationale behind I think what he was saying. What, here's what I think he could have said with, without admitting any guilt or admitting any wrongdoing, because he was very, again, matter of fact, you know, uh, last Friday with Aditi King Kabbalah on the, uh, the pregame TV show, um, uh, you know, which is controlled by the team. He said, you know, I'm sorry to those who are impacted, et cetera, et cetera. He reiterated that today, but also really hammered home. I, I'm, I didn't do anything wrong. I may, I maintain my innocence. I don't feel I did anything wrong. Here's, here's, I think something that is somewhat problematic when you talk about therapy, because it's the old adage. You can't fix a problem until you admit you have a problem. Okay. And I want to be clear, I'm not saying that Deshaun Watson has a problem. But when you're talking from a clinical standpoint and therapy here, um, like he's, and to your point, still has a case pending. And maybe that's part and parcel to why his approach was the way it was. But it would have been nice for him to say, you know what? Um, one aspect of my behavior that I, I'm committed to changing is, I'm not going to slide in Instagram DMs to solicit massages anymore from professional therapists, right? Yeah, that, I think that's that, a fair answer, Daryl, 100%. That is, that is not an admission of doing anything wrong. That's just – that is uh, conceding a behavioral change that you're going to make. I am no longer to be in compliance with what the league is requesting of me and what the Browns have requested of me. I will not 
be DMing therapists seeking treatment on my own. I think him saying that today would have gone a long way because that's a fact. That is an established fact, not in dispute here, that that is how he was contacting the majority of these therapists was by using social media. And I think that would have gone a long way because, again, didn't have to admit that you did anything wrong and, or whatnot, uh, but he's not, not even willing to go there. And I think that that gets to the heart of I is of, that lawyered though. That's my question. Again, yeah. I, I don't. It, it very well could be, but um, you know, whatever therapy he has, and I mean this sincerely. I hope it works for him. I hope it helps him. I hope it makes him better as a as a person, and you know whatnot. You know, no one here is rooting against the guy. Nobody here is out to get the guy. Uh, certainly not me. But part of our job is to hold people accountable. That's what the media, you know, being the quote fourth estate, that's, that's one of our jobs, holding people to account who have the power. Sean Watson has the power. The Haslam's have the power. Andrew Berry has the power. And I think we did a fairly decent job of that uh, in the press conference today. But, um, you know, he is, uh, again, to your point, still dealing with one active case. And so maybe he still, has to hold back a little bit until that has been resolved. Daryl, I also, I don't want to talk about it today just because we have so much other stuff going on, but I think there's a point here about therapy, who knows you're in therapy and why it's important for athletes to let people know or not. And a lot of that has to do with, I think, some of the things that Kevin Love has done to help people that need help. But that's for another show for another day. When we come back, I want to talk uh, about how the sausage is made, basically, is, is, is the, probably the best way you put it before the show, that there are questions about the media and the questions about what Jimmy and D. Haslam said and um, and Andrew Barry. So let's dive into that, the, the really the behind-the-scenes stuff of what goes on in Berea when you're watching or listening to one of those press conferences and you know, what's real and what's not. And we're going to talk about that when we come back. It's always game day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe. Back after this.